Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Tell you, you've not a dog's chance. 
Well, Jane, it's true. Ever since you got yourself mixed up in that futile rising against the Duke of Ireland in Dublin, and then went to Scotland and fought with the Covenanters at Pentland Hills, the King's spies have been on your trail. Is it the truth I'm telling, Richard? Yeah. I've even heard he whispered there's 500 pounds waiting for the man who'll betray you and hand you over. There's your chance, gentlemen. Oh, Tom, 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 then take the difference. Well, don't you last time the call the office. Grant me killing the fool and dinner as soon as the call is lost. And the only people that's really determined to get that right in hand. Hell, you can get a law. You can't even come out of the open. There are ways and means for me determined enough. And then hold him for ransom against the restoration of your estate. That's pretty much to us, to be sure. How many ever escape capture and hanging, I don't know. I hope it was all right. It was bundled. By who? By all of us. No interest. There'll be no mistakes next time, won't you? That's just it, Tom. As far as I'm concerned, I'll be here if they won't next time. Well, so would I. I may be scrawny and often dirty, but I've still a respect for me, Nick. And you say you're still my friend. We are, Tom. We are. Very well, then. Prove it. But how? If I can put up a plan that is practical, that will involve us in no more than a reasonable risk, and that may ultimately return me my sequestered estates, will you join me? What is it you have in mind, Tom? Nothing as yet. I'm but asking you the question. Should I find such a plan, how far may I rely on you? What do you say, Parrot? Well, so long as the risk's no more than reasonable, I'm your man. Richard? Aye, Parrot speaks for me too. But mind you, Tom, there's got to be a fair chance of success. No more of these desperate enterprises. I like my life too much to have it suddenly terminated. Very well, gentlemen. That's all I wanted to know. When I form the plan, you shall hear from me again. A man of inflexible purpose, this Colonel Blood. The fact that his estate had been seized from someone else in the first place meant nothing to him at all. They were his, and by thunder, he wasn't going to let any upstart steward keep them from him. I like to think of him pacing his little room in the inn, where he was hiding against the king's men, swishing his rapier against imaginary enemies, tagging impatiently with his moustache, Thinking up schemes, analyzing them, rejecting them, until at last there came the great idea. It was daring, and on the face of it, madly reckless. But its very boldness was a factor that might enable it to succeed. To think with Colonel Blood was to act. He emerged cautiously from his inn to buy a few necessary items of clothing, and then... Etsy! Etsy! Wonder where the devil that daughter is. Here I am, sir. What's your pleasure? Another flagon of wine? I want to talk to you. Now come inside. Dear me, trust yourself alone with such as you, Colonel. Ah, stop being coy, girl. Didn't you come here? Shut that door. Well, you're leaving with your orders, aren't you? Now listen here, Betsy. You see this? Aye, and hear it too. Now there's four crowns there. It's yours. For a trifling service. Now, what do you say? Oh, that serve it's trifling with my affections, you mean. Ah, save your affections for a stable boy. Now, I'll tell you what you have to do. You see these clothes? Bless me, heart and soul, sir. Is our gallant Captain Blood proposing to turn preacher? Temporarily, yes. I'm going to change into these, and I want you to go straight up to your room and put on the best things. What for? We're going out together. A provincial parson and his young wife. Where? Yeah. To the Tower of London. Have you ever seen the Crown Jewels, Betsy? No. Then you shall have that privilege within the hour. Dear, what are you plotting up now? Don't ask questions, girl. I've no mind to lend myself in trouble. There'll be no trouble so long as you behave sensible and do as you're told. Well, and what am I told to do? I'll explain all that on the way. 
What are you doing home, Dash? An hour later, Mr. Talbot Edwards, keeper of the Crown Jewels in the Tower of London, was entertaining two visitors, as charming a pair as he had the pleasure of meeting for many months. Uh, this is the strong room where we keep the jewels. Uh, mind your own as you come in, sir. There's always a trifle, though, I'm afraid. Oh, well, I don't, Mr. Edwards. Oh, it's so excited I can hide below. Patience, my dear, patience. All in good time. Yes, John. Uh, if you'd be so kind as to permit me to draw back these covers. There they are, dear lady. Oh, how beautiful. Crown, Oliver, and Scepter. Uh, not forgetting the odds and ends, of course. Uh, Signet rings and so on. Nothing worth a fortune. Yes, indeed. Mind you, they're not into what they used to be once. Uh, in King John's time, it is said, uh, they formed the most priceless collection in the world. Uh, but then, of course, he went and lost them in the wash. Uh, most careless of them, I must say. During the Civil War, the king had to pawn several of the best pieces to pay his armies. And when that scoundrel Cromwell came to power, he seized most of what was left. So as you can imagine, there wasn't much for our present king. God save his noble soul. I observe you keep them under wire, Mr. Edwards. A necessary precaution, I fear, sir. There are desperate men in this city who would not hesitate to lay hands on these jewels if they were given half a chance. Oh, surely not. Aye, ma'am. You've no notion of the wickedness that exists in London. But surely, even if they were able to steal them, it would be impossible to get them past the gateway and the guards. I can't imagine anyone would be so foolish as to try. If the prize is big enough, sir, there are men who will try anything. Yes, I suppose that's true. Well, <gasps> hey, hey, what's the matter, my dear? Oh, it's nothing, John. I just feel faint. It's faint, I suppose, in the small room. Oh, oh I'll be all right. Bless my soul, she's fainted. Water, put some water. Yes, yes, yes uh, of course. Uh, there's a couch in the next room. Uh, shall I help you to carry it? No, 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 I can manage. Uh, this way, please. Uh, that's right, I'll put it down here. What a misfortune. Water, if you please, Mr. Edward. Yes, 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 certainly it was. I'll bring my wife and daughter. They'll know what to do. <laughs> it's all these stuffy new family clothes we're going to wear, of course. <laughs> quite absurd, quite absurd. Not at all, my dear. You're perfect. You should be on the stage. Shh. Here they come. Blood's plan worked well. By the time the parson and his young wife, now happily recovered, left the tower, they were on terms of the warmest friendship, not only with Mr. Talbot Edwards, but with his wife and daughter. So what could be more natural than that four days later the parson should turn up again, this time alone? How pleasant to see you again, my dear sir. And you too, Mr. Edwards. I felt I had to call once more to say how grateful my wife and I are for your kindness of the other day. Not at all, sir. We were glad to do what little we could. Tell me, is that good lady your wife at home? Uh, let us know. Uh, she's visiting relatives today. Oh, a pity. My own wife has asked me to bring along this trifling gift for her. Perhaps I can leave it in your charge. A pair of white gloves. <laughs> That's exceedingly kind, I must say. No small gesture, my dear sir. Nothing more. Uh, let's say no more about it. Mr. Edwards, uh, wouldn't you think it amiss of me if I were to uh, broach a rather uh, personal question? <laughs> not at all, sir, not at all. I couldn't help noticing the other day the considerable beauty and goodness of your daughter. I suppose you'll be giving serious thought to getting her married soon. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, she reached the age. I trust I don't approach this matter too bluntly, but uh, is she promised to anyone yet? No, sir. Splendid. Let him know we need to proceed. 
I have a nephew, Mr. Edwards, a worthy young man who's just come of age and has succeeded to a nice landed estate. I'm seeking a wife for him, just as you're seeking a husband for your daughter. You follow me? Uh, yes, yes, very plainly. And how does the idea appeal to you, sir? Worthy young man, you say? Oh, yes, most sober and reliable. And uh, a landed estate? Quite a considerable one. Uh, in Buckinghamshire, to be precise. Yes, 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 sir. Most interesting, Most interesting indeed. Yes. Of course, I realize you need to meet the lad first and form your own judgment, but... Uh, I dare say that could be arranged. Oh, no doubt. No doubt at all. He's coming up to London next week. Would you like me to bring him here one day? I should be very deeply honored, sir. Splendid. Uh, shall we say a week from today? It will be the, the ninth of May. Probably. And no doubt your wife and daughter will wish to meet him, too. What time of day do you think would suit them best? Soon after breakfast, I imagine. Before they settle down to their household chores. Shall we make it... Uh, Seven o'clock? Is that too early for you? Oh, certainly not. An excellent time. I shall no doubt be two other uncles of his. Uh, we've been his joint guardians, you know. Uh, oh, you leave word at the gateway that we're to be passed through, are we? Oh, yes, yes, of course, my friend. Splendid. Well, with your permission, I'll take my leave until uh, one week from today. had every reason to be pleased with himself, as I'm sure you'll agree. So far, everything had gone exactly as he'd planned. Admittedly, the most dangerous part still lay ahead, and his confederates didn't exactly share his airy optimism when he outlined his proposal to them. But Colonel Blood was too determined a man to let a little quibbling opposition stand in his way. What's the matter with you two? I thought you were men of courage, not chicken hearts. There's a difference between courage and foolhardiness, Tom. Aye, that's right. It's too chancy a scheme for my liking. There's nothing chancy about it. It can't fail, I tell you. But won't the old man be suspicious when we tell him our nephew's been delayed? Why should he be? I tell you, I've got a meeting right out of my hand. And how about the guards at the gate? How are we going to get the jewels past them? You can't conceal a crown and an orb and a scepter in your pockets, you know. We'll attend to that when the time comes. And even if we do get them away, how do you propose we shall dispose of them? Where do you imagine we'll find a buyer for stolen crown jewels? I have no intention of seeking one. What are you going to do with them, then? I'm going to hold them as ransom. My estate's an income against the return of the jewels. And that's not going to be easy, either. Who are you going to get to conduct the negotiations? And where are you going to hide the jewels in the meantime? You needn't concern yourselves with that part of it. All I want you to do is to help me get them in the first place. Frankly, I don't like the idea at all. No, and neither do I. A few weeks ago, gentlemen, you protested your friendship towards me. To test your sincerity, I asked whether, if I could submit a practical plan involving no more than a reasonable risk that might ultimately return me my stolen estates, you would be prepared to join me. You've heard my plan. I ask you now, are you my friends or aren't you? Are you with me or not? Well, since you put it that way... Hi, Tom. We're with you. Very well, then. Let's stop arguing and start arranging your details. Really, you know, one can't help admiring this man, Blood. 
One can't help feeling that such enterprise, such single-mindedness, and dogged determination are entitled to some reward. Anyhow, let's move on a few days to 7 a.m. on the 9th of May, 1671, to be exact. And if you think that's an odd hour for such an essentially social call, let me remind you that 17th century London was by no means the effete place it is today. Blood, still dressed as a parson, duly presented himself at the tower with the two other pseudo-uncles, introduced them to the highly flattered Mr. Edwards, and then proceeded to apologize for the non-arrival of the prospective bridegroom. Upon my word, he'd think it was his wedding today that Toby is taken with his clothes. I kept warning him he'd be late, but it made no difference. So at last, Mr. Edwards, we decided to come on ahead. Ah, so much fuss and bother over a few garments. I've never seen you. You're too hard on the boy. You always have been. Oh, nonsense. He'll be here within the hour, and it's only natural he should want to look his best on such an important occasion. I warrant your wife and daughter will be glad of the respite to pay more attention to their own dress, eh, Mr. Edwards? <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> we need, you know, always fussing around with clothes and faldals. Oh, well, it's no matter. The day's early, yes. Yeah. Uh, quite. And in any case, the slight delay may be all to the good. In what way, sir? I've a son, Talbot, who's been fighting in Flanders. I've had word that his regiment has returned, and I'm expecting him home this morning. Indeed. Well, then why are you just in time? Uh, what's that to say, sir? I, I say, I hope you arrive in time. Ah, yes, indeed. So do I. A fine young man is my son. You'll like him. Uh, could I get you gentlemen a flagon or something while you're waiting? No, no, we never indulge, do we, cousin? Uh, no, certainly not. Uh, then perhaps we might do a short walk on Tower Hill. I think not, sir. Uh, thank you. No? <laughs> well, then... Uh, uh, if you really feel you must entertain us, Mr. Edwards, uh, though I assure you there's no need, I've been describing to my cousins here the crown jewels. I rather fancy they might like to see them. I most certainly would. Uh, so would I. I'm told they're quite unique. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, strictly speaking, you know, it's outside visiting hours. Oh, but surely, Mr. Edwards. Still, circumstances alter cases, as they say. So I don't see the harm in one little peep. That's <laughs> very kind of you. <laughs> but not at all, my dear sir. Step this way, gentlemen. Mind your heads on the doorway. Is this is the strong room? I see why they call it so. If it shouts for the weekend, you'd never be heard through these walls. The jewels are over here, gentlemen. And the casket's always locked, of course, when it's not on view. Uh, so if you'll just permit me to open it, uh, by all means. <laughs> uh, the key sticks a little sometimes. <laughs> ah, here we are. Look at them. Now, my, what? Shut them up, can't you? Anyone heard him? No, of course not. Now, come on, let's get to work. Turn off that wire. That's what I'm trying to do. Oh, here, let me help you. That's got it. Uh, the old man's coming, too. That'll uh, soon fix him. You brought him through. I didn't know there was going to be any killing. Oh, he's only wounded. I had to shut him up somehow, didn't I? Richard, you go outside and keep watch in case anyone comes. Keep a special watch for young Edwards. He was one factor we hadn't bargained for, and try to look as casual as you can. If the sun does come, what shall I do? Oh, keep him outside till we got clear. Off you go now. All right. Come on, Parrot. Every second's precious. We never hide these things. They're too big. Give me that crown. I'll see if I can cut it flat. I can manage the wall by right. The proper of the sector. I have to break it into hard and stuff it on your britches. <laughs> there. That's fixed the crown anyway. I'll be able to get that under my jacket. 
Are you going, Rad Scepter? It's no good. It's too solid. We'll have to fight it then. It'll take too long. Stop arguing. Hold that end while I get to work. Oh, hold it firmly, you fool. Hurry, Tom, hurry. I'm doing the best I can. Who's that? Oh, it's all right. Sorry, Richard. What's the delay? It's this caution Scepter. You'll have to leave it. What do you mean? There's someone just passed the guard. He's coming this way. Young Edward, do you think? Yes. Come on, let us go. But the scepter. Never mind about the scepter. Come on, Tom. Unless you want us all to be caught. Please, Tom, hurry. All right. To pass him on the way out. So remember, walk by quietly and calmly as though nothing were amiss. Don't attempt to hurry or to arouse his suspicion anyway. Oh, you're quite sure you can't see the crown in my jacket? Quite sure. You got the old part? Indeed, I have. Very well, then. Come on. There's a touch and go, of course. But they very nearly got through. They came opposite young Edward on his way to the keeper's house and bade him a civil and casual good morning. He seemed quite unsuspicious. Continuing at a leisurely pace, they passed under the shadow of the gateway and nodded amiably to the guards as they went by. In another minute, they'd have been clear. But by now, Edwards had reached the house and suddenly... Come on, we'll have to run for it. Every man for himself. managed to escape in the crowd. Closely pressed, Parrot finally threw away the hindering orb, and he, too, managed to get away. But Colonel Blood was not so lucky. He actually managed to mount his horse and dig in his spurs, but the animal reared and slipped on the greasy cobbles. Horse and rider fell, and in a moment, Blood was seized. News of the outrage spread rapidly through the city, and within an hour, the prisoner, still bearing the marks of his arrest, was brought before the king's advisor, Sir William Waller. Well, Colonel Blood, so you've overstepped yourself at last, eh? Ah, you shall pay dearly for this little piece of villainy. The jewels have been recovered, haven't they? Yes. And the old man will survive? I believe so. Then what worse can you charge me with than attempted robbery? To lay hands illegally on the crown jewels is treason, my friend. And the penalty for treason is death. That's unless you're prepared to be reasonable, of course. And what do you mean by reasonable? A full and free confession might help you a lot. We should require the names of all your accomplices, of course. Including the woman. I've nothing to say. Oh, come, Colonel Blood. You've never been troubled by scruples before. What can you lose? If I make any statement, I shall make it to one person only. Who's that? The king. The king? Really, my dear sir, do you think he'd be bothered with you? Very well, then. I shall say nothing. Now, look here, Blood. I've said I shall say nothing. And he stuck to it, too. Despite blandishments and threats and promises. Not one word would he utter, except before King Charles. At last, as Blood had hoped, the king learned of the prisoner's stubborn behavior. And, as Blood also hoped, it made his majesty furious. So, you talk to no one but me, eh? Very well, why not? Have him brought here, Waller. But your majesty, he's a desperate man. He won't be armed, will he? No, sire, but... And he... my attendants will be, I presume. So where's the danger? Fetch him, Waller. I'd like to meet this Colonel Blood.
So you're the notorious Thomas Blood, eh? My name is Thomas Blood, Your Majesty. But if being notorious implies infamy, I beg to disown the label. Oh, come, fellow, come. You'll not deny you tried to steal the crown jewels, will you? It were foolish to deny it, sire. And you don't regard that as an act of infamy? No, sire. Since my object was not to steal, but merely to regain what is rightfully mine. You mean your sequestered estates in Ireland? Yes, Your Majesty. And for the sake of a few acres and a pile of masonry, you were prepared to risk your life. Many men have risked their life for a crown before now, sire. I seem to remember an occasion in which you yourself were involved. At Worcester. <laughs> true, true. The point's well taken. Demi, I like you, Blood. You've spirit. They tell me you've stiltlessly refused to give the names of your accomplices. Yes, sir. They are my friends. That's loyalty. I like that, too. I could wish you were as loyal to your sovereign. But I am, Your I Majesty. I have no evidence of it. I could have killed you once, sir. Indeed. Two months ago, you were bathing in the Thames of Battersea. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember. I was desperate because of my grievances, determined on revenge. I stood no more than 20 feet from you as you were swimming. I had a loaded pistol. Why didn't you shoot? I couldn't, sire. You were my king. Is that the truth, Blood? Could I lie to your majesty? Let me prove my loyalty. Ask anything of me you like. Give me a dagger. Give me plunge it into my heart. Anything. Would you uh, tell me the names of your accomplices if I ask you? That is not fair, sir. Would you? Yes. But I beg your majesty not to ask me. Have no fear, my friend. I shan't. Why, Demi Waller, we're being misjudging Colonel Blood. Have him released at once. And the charge against him withdrawn. Really, sir? Charge withdrawn? That's what I said. And those estates that were taken from him in Ireland, as soon as he gets them back, together with their end income. Yes, my lord. Those are my orders, Waller. Yes, sir. How can I thank your majesty enough? Come and see me sometimes at court, and I'll be amply repaid. But uh, give me due warning, won't you? So that I can put away my valuables in safekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> And that, believe it or not, was the end of the story. Thomas Blood became a favorite visitor at court, and for nine years, as he walked through the streets of London, people pointed him out with awe as a man who had stolen the crown jewels but suffered no punishment for his crime. Now, whether such audacity is a virtue or not, I don't know, but I do know that for once in this series, I am delighted to report that the criminal got away with it. Well, that's all for now, but I'll be back again soon to tell you some more of the secrets of Scotland Yard. Meanwhile, this is Clive Brooks saying goodbye and pleasant dreams. <laughs> Thank you.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.